Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God empowers us to please Him by becoming like Him. So he doesn't just change my desire, but then he empowers me. He helps me actually do it. You see, it is God at work in us. He's coaxing our willingness first. He's getting my desire lined up. And then he supplies the very power and the very strength when we obey and when we act. We're doing this together. Now, how reassuring is that? Sometimes the Christian lifestyle is difficult to maintain. The sin nature, our flesh, is constantly fighting to reassert its dominance. The world is trying to entice us to live their way. The devil is accusing us all the time as well. And God's demands are so impossible, it seems. Pastor Mark's teaching will remind us of one important factor in all of this. God, who has made the demands, has also given us the power to fulfill the demands. We'll learn how much God wants us to succeed and then how to get out of the way and let God work in and through us, meeting His goals for our lives. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 2 with part 3 of his message, Status Quo No. How did you become a believer? Well, you didn't become a believer because you were born in a Christian family. You had to make the choice yourself. And how could you make that choice? That's because Jesus Christ loved us so much, he went to this cross, and he obeyed the Father, and he laid his life down for us. You see, the longer, the more years we're from that day of salvation, the more years we're from it, we have to be very careful that it doesn't become less valuable to us. And we just go through the motions. Do you understand today, when I die, when you die, or the rapture, because of God's grace, I'm going to be in heaven forever. Now, how valuable is that? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So Paul says, when you think about the gift of salvation, don't just relate it back to some event. You need to understand what God paid for your salvation. He paid everything. He gave his only son. Jesus laid his life down. So I don't want to let God down. I don't want to fail God. So Paul is saying, you want to take this thing called spiritual growth, working out our maturity. You want to take it serious. It's not a laughing matter. I'm not afraid of God, but I should have very much reverence and respect. So much so that I don't want to fail him. Besides that attitude, 
Paul tells us in Corinthians, one day every Christian is going to stand at this judgment seat of Christ. And when I stand there, it's not about my salvation. It's a gift. I'm given it. It's not about that. But when I stand there before God for eternal rewards, it's about one thing. Here's my potential. How did I do? Now, for many of us, we've been gracious. God's been gracious to us. We've been maturing. We're moving right along in that process. We're all, we're all at a work in progress. And so many of us, when we get there, we're going to be so excited. Because really, God's going to go, well, you had this part. You did. He's not even going to mention that part. He's going to look at all that. Look at all you did with your part. Because you're going to see in a moment, he helped us do all of that. We're not going to go like, oh, yeah. No, he did it. But what about the person who's the immature believer? You're a status quo believer today. Nothing's happening in your life. Never bring a Bible. Never open a Bible. Not really interested in the things you got. Got your salvation. You get to heaven. God goes, here's your potential. Here you are. How are you going to feel? You see, what I want to hear is what you want to hear. These words. Well done. Good. Perfect? No, there's no perfect. Good. And what? Faithful. Consistent. Good and faithful. What's the last word? Hmm. Who's the boss? He's the boss. My privilege is to serve him. You see, that's why respect, that's why awe, that's why reverence. But there's more. Look at verse 13. Verse 13, Philippians 2, 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his purpose. Write this down. This is the key. We are not left alone. To work out our salvation. We are not left to work out our salvation alone. God is going to work with me. Huge. We're not doing this alone. You have God living in you. Some of you wish you would understand the principles that I'm going to give you 40 years ago. Because there's many of you here today that are Christ followers who have been trying to please God in your own strength for year after year after year. It doesn't work. It was never designed to work. So look at verse 13 again. Two keys. In you. Who works in you. What does that mean? The moment that we became Christ followers... God put the master, the Holy Spirit, inside of us. So every Christ follower has God in him. And we are not to try to do this thing called life alone. We have God at work changing us from the inside out. Now, the next word I want you to see in verse 13 is the word works. It's a very different word than the word works in verse 12, this is God's part. It's God who is working. What does that word works mean? I want to show you the Greek. I'm not into the Greek, but when you see the word Greek, you'll understand it very easily. Energio. What does that sound like to you? I gave you the answer. God's at work with his energy, his energy, his enablement, his ability to make me effective. 
He is available inside me with his energy to accomplish, to take that amazing potential that I have and where I'm at and bring it closer and closer and closer. It's his energy in me. It's God's part. Now, what are all the things that the Holy Spirit, since you're a Christian today, maybe six, eight, ten, one months ago, I don't know how long ago it was, we gave you an iPhone app to show you all the things the Holy Spirit does. So if you're a Christian today, the Holy Spirit, God, third person of the Trinity who lives in you, here's what he does for you. He assures me. He teaches me. He reminds me. He enlightens me. He comforts me. He guides me. He helps me pray. He empowers me. You're not doing life alone. Hello. He lives in you. That makes me successful if I rely on him. You ever get to this place? And I was sitting in the chair. God's been amazing this weekend. All the lives changed. So many people getting saved. And I sat in that chair during worship. This service, like I did the first service. And I said, God, I need your anointing in this service. Because it has nothing to do with me. You need to anoint me. See, if you and I get into the deal like, I'll do it myself. Nothing will happen. So what is God's part then? What does it look like? Here's the two things. The first one you want to write. Number one, God's part. God's part is this. God gives us the desire to obey and to mature. You see, let's admit it. There are times that we simply don't want to obey and we don't want to mature. Sometimes we just get spiritually lazy, apathetic. But Paul says that God is there at work energizing us encouraging us to obey and to keep on keeping on. It's he, the will equals a desire. So even when I don't want to, God will change my desire. In my Bible, at that verse, I've written this for many years. God is changing my wanter, my wanter. He is there, he's at work in me, and he's giving me the desire and the determination to make him look good. I'm not doing this thing alone. I'm not maturing alone. I'm not working out my salvation alone. I'm trying to become like him with God's help. First thing he does, he gives me the desire to do what he's asked me to do. That's huge. You know, any successful diet only happens if the individual dieting has the desire to make it work. If your friend or your spouse has a desire you don't, will not work. You will obey when you're around them, but you'll find the Twinkies when he's not home. Somebody just got busted right now. That chocolate bar that's hiding under there. God spoke to you big time. Let me move back to what I was talking about. Diane Ackerman says this. I don't want to get to the end of my life And find out that I just lived the length of it. No, I want to have lived the width of it as well. You see, it's not how many days you live. It's how we live those days. Second part. Write it down. Second part, and this is God's part as well. God empowers us to please him. By becoming like him. 
So he doesn't just change my desire, but then he empowers me. He helps me actually do it. You see, it is God at work in us. He's coaxing our willingness first. He's getting my desire lined up. And then he supplies the very power and the very strength when we obey and when we act. We're doing this together. Now, how reassuring is that? I wish I knew this principle 30 years ago. This verse assures us that God energizes both the Christ followers' desires and then empowers the actions. There is no reason to fail. There is no reason not to grow spiritually because God has done it all in our life. We have our part and he has his part. I want you to see this verse, Colossians. And this is about a pastor. It won't take me but a second. But I want you to see, this is the goal. Watch both of these things happening together. Colossians 1, 28 29. This is my life verse as a pastor. We proclaim him, my part, admonishing and teaching, my part, with everyone with wisdom, his wisdom, his part, so that we, my part, may present everyone, you, you, mature in Christ. To this end, I, Mark Balmer, labor, hard work, struggling, but notice, with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. That's a verse for every single one of you. Some people call me, they say, Bomber, you're like the Energizer Bunny or whatever. Well, that's just my personality. But see, it isn't me. It's God in me. And that's what he wants for you. It's his part. And it's your part. And it will work powerfully in you and I. So there's no excuse. We have all that we need to do that. God designed us to work with him. If you take God out of our lives, nothing's happening. So here's what I want you to write quickly. God is at work in you now. His purpose? To change you. To make you more like him. To think like him. To be like him. And to minister like him. It's a transforming relationship. God is there. So how do I work that out? Let me give you some quick things. Be a witness. Share your faith. During these next few weeks, you have so many opportunities. God will open a door. You say, well, Pastor Mike, I'm afraid to witness. I don't know what to say, whatever. When God gives you an opportunity to share, then share. He's there. He's there for you. Sometimes, many of you have been out here and you've been wanting to serve. But you've been afraid. You've been, I don't know if I can really serve with my gift. I don't think I'm gifted enough or whatever. Take hold of God. If he's gifted you to serve in the parking lot or the kids' ministry or music or wherever, and then just take a step of faith and go for it. Because God is there. He is equipping you. He's energizing you. And he's giving you the power to do it. How about giving? Many of you are challenged with that. I can't give tithes and whatever. Hey, just step out. I didn't like it either. But I had to do what God told us to do. How about a small group? You've heard me talk. How many times do you get in a small group? And you want to get in a small group? I like these people. I want to get in a small group. You are a people. What's wrong with you? <laughs> By the way, did Jesus have a small group? Hello? Yeah, how many were in it? Hmm. 
That's enough condemnation right there. All right. (laughs) You see, what God wants to do in all our lives is to take that spiritual potential that God has where we're at. And he wants us to narrow the gap. And that never happens with status quo. Some of you haven't moved off dead center forever. And there's no impact on the kingdom of God. Now I want you to turn to one more passage and we're through. Second Peter. Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter, almost to the end of the Bible. There you are. I want you to see the two parts, how it works together. It is so powerful. Second Peter chapter 1, look at verse 3. His divine power, speaking of God, has given us, notice the next word, everything we need for life and godliness. So whatever I need to close that gap between what God potential is for me and what mine is, anything I need, he has given me. What God is saying in there is this. What you need, you got it. Whatever I need to do what God asked me to do and be what God asked me to do, I have it. Notice, he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. How to be a parent how to be a great worker, how to use my talents for him, but how to grow spiritually, how to work out my salvation. It's all been given to me. Look at verse 4. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. One of those promises we found in the book of Philippians. He who began a good work in you, he will not let you fall. He will complete it. Well, how is he going to do that? Because his part is to give me everything I need for life and godliness. So that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by these evil desires. So there is nothing lacking as we work out our salvation. There's nothing lacking. The only part that could be lacking is my part. God says, here it is. You're with me. Let's do it together. So there's nothing lacking on God's part. And then verse 5 shows us our part. Look at verse 5. For this very reason, Peter says, look at these words, make every effort. That's simply Paul's words, work it out. God says, whatever you need, I'll supply whatever it is. Now you do your part. You work it out. You move beyond status quo. You commit to being a growing Christ follower today. Because I want to change you this morning for eternity. To be more like me. And to allow your life to impact a world that's clueless about God. My part? God's part. God's potential for me, here's where I am at. This is what he wants to see in you. God is for you. He's not against you. God is for you. He's not against you. You must step out. You must make every effort, just like I have to do. And when I do, God is there. And let's do life with him going forward. Status quo? No.
Now, I want you to look me in the eye, everybody. Not, don't move a second. Don't move one person, leave. There's people, you can't obey what I just said. You can't work out your salvation. That's because you've never been saved. You have nothing inside you to work out. I want to remind you of God's part and your part. There isn't anybody here that doesn't want to go to heaven. There isn't anybody here that doesn't want to have forgiveness of sins. There isn't anybody here that doesn't want to have peace with God. We all want that. Well, what is God's part? How do I get God in me? How do I become a Christ follower? How do I get saved? How do I get born again? Very simple. God's part. He sent Jesus Christ to the cross. You couldn't earn your salvation. You could never be good enough for it. Neither could I. So all the sins of the world, including yours, were placed on Jesus Christ on the cross. He became sin for us. He died. That was God's part. Jesus obeyed. He went to the cross. On the cross, Jesus said these amazing, powerful words. It is finished. His part's done. So what keeps a person from being a follower of Christ? What keeps a person from being a Christian? What keeps a person from going to heaven? One thing, your part. The book of Revelation says Jesus stands at the door of your heart and he knocks. And he says, if you'll open the door, I'll come in and I'll change your life. So what is my part? Here's my part. Three things. This is your part this morning. Three things. One, you have to repent. You have to be sorry for your sins. Number two, you have to believe that Jesus Christ died for you. He is your savior. And number three, you have to receive the gift. Repent, believe, and receive. God's part's done. That's the part you have to do. And I'm going to give all of you a chance to finally make the right decision. I can't make it for Oh, I'd love to. If I could see every heart in here that wasn't right with God, I'd love to come and make it right. I can't do that. But God's already showed you. See, God so loved you that he brought you here on this day, to hear his love for you. He doesn't want anybody to perish. Now, some of you, you're debating. Well, I think I went to that altar. I think I'm in that category number one. Many of you are here, and, and you've been living as if you're a Christian, but nothing ever happened. Let's get it right today. Let's move forward for the very first time in your whole life and do it right. Now, some of you backslidden. God isn't even in your life. You're out there and you're failing. And every road is a dead end. And God's spoken right to your heart this morning. Get right with me. Come back in relation with me. Repent of your sins. Make a new commitment. Follow me today. You know who you are. God loves you. And he wants you to change. He's spoken to you. You have to be real. Now, you can't wait for somebody else to do it. You have to do it. Pastor Mark, in his teaching today, continued to tell us that God never intended for the Christian salvation to be a static, one-time event. He meant for it to be an ongoing, progressive lifestyle. We were told that God intends to change us to be like Jesus in our living. It was restated that our job while here on earth is to make God look good to draw others toward Christ. We 
We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Well, this brings the teaching status quo no to an end. We hope you'll accept the challenge Pastor Mark has given and begin to work with God in a greater way to enrich your Christian walk. Next time begins the teaching the world is watching. You'll learn the importance of being a faithful Christ follower, living our lives in front of a world looking for hope. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.